Hi, this is John Breyer with Mainly Matters, and as you can probably hear, it's raining. It is the 4th of July uh, when, when I'm recording this episode, so happy 4th of July to everyone. Sitting out in a greenhouse here overlooking McGrath Pond, and um, it's got a metal roof, so it's raining out. It's a cold, chilly 4th of July, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to do this podcast from out here, uh, and hopefully the sound of the rain is not something that's going to annoy people. Um, so, uh, Paul LePage, Governor LePage, recently announced last week that he's going to be running for governor again um, against Governor Mills. As we all know, Paul LePage served eight years from 2010 um, <clears throat> up on through 2018, he, two terms. I thought I'd take a little bit of time today to talk about uh, some of the numbers that were behind the Paul LePage governorship and, um, and, and just talk about those. The Maine Examiner did a very, uh, very good article uh, back in 2019 titled How Paul LePage Turned Around Maine by the Numbers. And I think it would be worthwhile uh, to, to take a look at that article. To, so I'm going to actually read it. They did a real good job, I think, of pointing out some of the things um, that happened, uh, you know, economically and, and with statistics during the eight years of the previous LePage administration. The article starts out, it was a turnaround job, and Governor LePage made a private sector career out of turning around failing organizations. When he took office, Paul LePage faced a state mirrored in budget shortfalls and deep in debt with unpaid hospital bills, high unemployment, unsustainable welfare, and personal incomes lagging. The Maine Examiner has done a research to provide a by-the-numbers look at some of the key data that shows how Paul LePage fared in turning Maine's government and economy around. The Maine economy. According to the U.S. Department of Labor Bureau of Labor Statistics, in January of 2010, when Paul LePage took office, Maine's unemployment rate was 8.2%. In November of 2018, Maine's unemployment rate was 3.4%. The number of Mainers working in the same period of time grew by about 43,000 from 637,000 in January of 2010 to 680,000 workers in November of 2018. To put that in perspective, the number of people that Maine added to the workforce during LePage's time as governor, uh, it's more than the total population of the cities of Lewiston and Bangor. The article goes on to say, the number of Mainers who were unemployed dropped by a stunning 33,000 people, from 57,000 to 24,000. So under LePage's eight years of governorship, 33,000 people came off the unemployment rolls in the state of Maine. Ben says, uh, the per capita income of Mainers also saw a dramatic increase under Governor Paul LePage, rising 18% from $37,854 in 2010 to $44,787 in 2017. So uh, Mainers, you know, their income grew dramatically. The average, average Mainer went from just under 38,000 to 
just under 45,000 a year in earning earnings. Then goes on to say, um, at a broader level, Maine's gross domestic product, the GDP of the state, rose by close to $10 billion, almost 20% between 2010 and 2017, according to the Bureau of Economic Analysis. Maine's 2017 GDP was $61.7 billion. And it says that almost all of that of Maine's GDP increase, that $10 billion increase, was attributed to private sector industry growth. Maine government debt is another thing the article, another topic the article touched upon. In 2018, Maine's general obligation bond debt was $376 million, down close to $124 million from the $500 million in debt that was on the books in 2010 when LePage took office. The Maine State Employee and Teacher Pension Debt was about $2.95 billion when LePage left office, down almost $1.5 billion from the $4.4 billion it was in 2010. Maine's Moral Obligation Bonds Debt, which is basically the bond debt owed by you know, semi-governmental organizations such as Maine Housing and the Finance Authority of Maine. When LePage left office, that was down $850 million from a previous $3.9 billion in 2010 to just over $3 billion in 2018. Transcap bonds, which is another borrowing mechanism available to state government, were down almost 25% under LePage, down from $183 million in 2010 to $140 million in 2018. The examiner then goes on to say, at the start of Paul LePage's first term, Maine also faced a significant crisis from years of unpaid Medicaid bills to Maine's hospitals. The debt totaled more than $500 million. That debt was paid in full to hospitals by borrowing against the state's revenue stream in the liquor business under LePage. Uh, currently, about $140 million is still owed against those bonds. In the five areas of government debts described in the article, the state's debt was reduced by almost $2.9 billion, or close to 30% from 2010. Maine state budgets were also discussed. In addition to having a lot of unpaid hospital bills to pay when he took office, Paul LePage also had to wrestle with a $1 billion state budget shortfall within two months of taking office. To put that in perspective, the state budget was about $5.6 billion, which meant as governor LePage took office, the state was short almost 20% of the amount of money it did committed to spend and the entire two-year budget that was in front of him. <clears throat> the, budget didn't, the budget turnarounds didn't happen all at once. Two years into his first term in 2012, Governor LePage still faced a $756 million budget shortfall. But by the time his second term was complete, the state had reached a surplus of $175 million. That's a turnaround of almost $1.2 billion from deficit to surplus in eight years under Paul LePage. Another thing that Maine 
uh, the government has is called the Rainy Day Fund. Prior to uh, LePage taking office near the end of Governor John Baldacci's term, for example, the state Rainy Day Fund, which is set aside for emergencies, was wiped out. It was gone. Many experts recommend that uh, states keep cash reserves roughly to 15% of the state's budget. Paul LePage actually inherited cash reserves of a fraction of just 1% of the state budget. There was $7 million in the rainy day funds with a budget of just under $6 billion. But when he left office, Maine's rainy day fund had $273 million in cash, which is nearly twice as many as dollars as the fund had ever contained be- before. So under LePage, the state's rainy day fund under in eight years went from $7 million in cash to $273 million in cash. Another area that changed under LePage was Maine's welfare programs. The largest portion of the budget shortfalls Paul LePage faced when he first became governor were in Maine's welfare programs, such as Medicaid, also known as Maine Care, and other programs that provide benefits to people with low incomes. Under the previous administration, the expansion and eligibility and loosening of work restrictions had allowed programs to grow at what Governor LePage thought were unsustainable levels. In 2011, for example, one in three Mainers were receiving benefits of some kind from the state. One in three. In June of 2010, about 280,000 of Maine's 1.3 million residents were enrolled in Medicaid. That's a number that had increased by about 120,000 since 2000. By September of 2018, when Paul LePage left office, Maine's Medicaid enrollment was about 261,000, a reduction of about 19,000 recipients over when he took office. So, you know, some of those numbers are are quite startling, uh, particularly some of the the unemployment-related numbers and and the amount of Mainers working. You know, one of the recent podcasts we just did the other day was talking about the fact that virtually every business in the state of Maine right now can't get any employees because uh, people are are getting, able-bodied people are getting indefinite unemployment with the the bonus money every week and um, no one wants to work. Well, a lot of people want to work, but, but many people are not working. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Maine, you know, it's the oldest state in the country per capita. And uh, very few young people stay in the state of Maine to, uh, to work. Um, very, uh, very few, you know, new jobs are created here that are, that are good paying jobs. Um, there's other statistics. You know, Maine has the highest percentage in the country of, of homes that are unoccupied six months or more per year. Maine's beautiful state has a lot of vacation homes, obviously. It's called vacation land for a reason. But that also shows that, you know, a lot of people love Maine for its beauty and everything it has to offer, but for whatever reason, they don't work here. They don't live here. And so, you know, if LePage, if Governor LePage um, wins, the next election against the incumbent, Governor Mills, I, 
I think it would benefit him to bring some, some bold ideas to the table, ideas designed to bring people back into Maine, uh, ideas designed to bring innovators, high earners, people that can grow and contribute to the economy in a positive way, incentivize them to come and live and work in Maine instead of punishing them with you know, high income tax rates. Maine has the highest income tax in the country at the lowest threshold. In other words, uh, Maine's seven plus percent income tax is triggered at only a combined family income of $50,000, which is the, makes it the, the state, only state in the country or the leading state in the country in terms of when the highest tax rate kicks in at that low level of income, a combined 50,000. Conversely, for example, California has high income tax rates of up to 12% or in that vicinity, but those rates don't kick in until, until someone's made millions and millions of dollars in that particular year. Whereas in Maine, if, if the family makes 50,000, they're getting hit right away with 7%. Uh, when LePage was elected in 2010, one of his goals was to reduce or eliminate that state income tax he was able to get it down slightly, but you know, uh, talking less than 1% reduction, uh, he was able to achieve because the legislature wouldn't approve any of his requests to, to try to get that down. I think it would be very beneficial to the state of Maine to come up with uh, a plan to um, get people back to work, make sure that people that can work are not incentivized to sit back and collect off the state. Um, you know, it, obviously people that need help, uh, need support, safety nets have to be there and should be there. Um, but uh, too many people we're seeing, especially right now, could be working and are choosing not to because they're getting paid to sit home by the government. And so LePage might be the man to, to look at what he did during the eight years he was here fiscally as governor and what he did to turn the state around and tremendous ways considering uh, the uh, what's available you know to do in the state of Maine economically if he can do that again and come up with some some strong ideas to to try to get that income tax rate down to try to stimulate companies to come to the state of Maine to bring high earning jobs back to incentivize young people to stay in the state of Maine to work and live and not force them financially to look at alternatives that require them to leave the state of Maine. And as we can clearly see, with Maine being the oldest state, oldest average age uh, per capita in the country, the young people leave and they, they don't come back even when they want to because it's just too difficult or the opportunities are too limited. So a lot of room for bold ideas, a lot of room for um, solid fiscal planning, a lot of room to make sure that people that need help get help when they need it, but that people that um, don't need the help are not sitting back and being incentivized to literally not contribute to the state um, you know, or its uh, economic success. Paul LePage, it was a sign under him, under his governorship, when you got into Maine, you know, Maine is open for business. And the numbers demonstrate that that that, that was true with that um, $10 billion in private sector growth under, under Paul LePage. 
when Janet Mills got elected, I think one of the first things she did on day one was uh, literally they took that sign down um, and got rid of that slogan, open for business. So um, biggest time Maine, Maine is, is open for business again. And I wish Paul LePage luck. Um, certainly a lot of people don't like him. Um, he's polarizing. Um, says things sometimes that uh, irritate people or uh, come off in a rough manner. So certainly it'll be an interesting election cycle. It'll be interesting to see how Governor Mills uh, stands up, what the people of Maine think about about her after you know four years of her governorship and take a look at the numbers and uh, see how people are, are faring under her and you know, it'll be interesting to see how the election goes. But Paul LePage did win two terms. He's coming back. He's running again. Um, personally, I I hope he wins. But we'll have to see how, how the election goes. And um, that's that. I, I encourage everyone to do their own research. You know, look up the numbers. See how things are going. Talk to your friends and family and people that own businesses or people that work in in the state of Maine um, or travel to the state of Maine or people that have moved out of Maine that, that have connections here that you know went to school here and uh, ended up taking jobs elsewhere. Talk to them, see what they have to say, see what they think. Take a good look at the numbers, the budgets, the, you know, revenue forecasts, how many people are on unemployment, how many people are receiving assistance, uh, job growth. Uh, look, look particularly north of Portland um, you know, a lot of people feel that north of Portland, Maine doesn't have much of a voice in terms of how the people are represented and what opportunities are, are presented to them. So Maine's a great state. Whether Paul LePage wins or loses, it will continue to be a great state. And that's my opinion. So thanks for stopping by. I'll be back with a new episode in the future. <laughs>